covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in fans of 50-yard fight. This is our latest edition of Turf Talk, the show that is based around all things NAL and talking to those that are on the field every given Saturday and Sunday. Zach Cowan in here alongside my good buddy, pal, and co-host Jim Mernier. And we have our special guests for this edition of Turf Talk. We have Coach Resignalo, as well as starting quarterback Jonathan Bain from the Carolina Cobras. Cobras gentlemen, welcome into the show, uh, as well as Jim says that too. Good to have you both on. 3-0 start, gentlemen. How are you feeling about that so far after getting your most recent victory against the Jacksonville, Jack- or Jacksonville Sharks? Man, we're excited. You know, we're um, where we're at right now for us eternally. Obviously, on the outside looking in, you know, we're 3-0. We got a pretty good team. Um, but from the inside out, you know, we got a lot of things to work on. You know, a lot of mistakes are made on each game. So, um, but saying that, we're 3-0. And, and it just shows what kind of team that we have and the potential that we have. Um, when we put it all together, I think we're going to be pretty scary. Coach, I got to ask you, you had, you got, you guys snuck in last year, right underneath into the playoffs, you know, kind of made a late rally in the season off season comes in after you get dispatched by the empire. What are your first thoughts there? Uh, reconstructing, building up this team uh, and how to keep momentum going the way you guys are now. I didn't want to be in the same situation as last season. <laughs> so uh, we just built off it and, and um, you know, you have the protective period where you can't really talk to a lot of players. So um, from other teams. So try to find the nucleus core of the guys that we wanted to keep from last season. And then, you know, the biggest thing is when you get a couple guys on board and, you know, you got to sit there and wait and figure out what everyone else is doing. And um, so when that time came to be able to sign some of the other players, man, we, we jumped right on it. We had a plan and, and who we wanted to talk to. And, and, and it's so far so good. So what was the offseason like going after a quarterback? Like, Jacksonville veteran Jonathan Bain now in Carolina and Zach Brown. How is that like getting those players on this year's team? Because I've noticed this season so far, those are the two dominant players right now showing out. And I, as a Sharks fan, I'm like, man, they're former players. They're doing work. And how was just reaching out to players like Bain, like Brown, like DJ Myers, for instance, to bring him in Carolina, especially for their success in other teams last season? Yeah, so, you know, I've known these guys for a while and, you know, talked with Bain, you know, through the years. Uh, you know, Zach Brown played for me in 2018. Um, DJ Myers was a heck of a player last year in Orlando. So, you know, I, I learned early in my early years coaching um, for some good coaches. Um, you know, if you got a game plan for somebody, you got to figure out a way to get them next season. So um, that's some of the things we looked at. Um, Anytime that there's a, a team going through like coaching changes and, you know, things like that, they're not really focused on the, the football operation side other than what kind of moves they're making from a coaching standpoint. So while all that's going on, the players are sitting there waiting to figure out, you know, what, what what's happening with their respective team. Are they getting called back? And, you know, unfortunately, some of these guys never really got talked to about coming back during the time of, you know, during that protective time. So, you know, some of these guys were just anxious and, and some of them just want to be valued and, and know that they're wanted. And um, within that process with Bain, you know, when, when Fuller got let go from the Sharks, you know, that was kind of a, a crazy situation within itself. But it, it was an opportunity to, you know, for myself taking on the role as general manager and, and, and doing all the business stuff 
it was important to add another solid coach um, with, with, with great value within himself and has been around a long time. And, and specifically with the Ironman rules, you know, Coach Fuller fits that bill. And, you know, we got lucky because he should be a head coach somewhere. And until he gets that opportunity, it was important to get to build our staff, not only just our, our person, our player personnel, but just overall coaching staff um, set up. And, and that helped with getting some of the guys from um, that he knew. Bain, Bain's been with Fuller for multiple years. Um, you know, ZB's been with the Sharks last couple of seasons. And everyone mentions these guys. And don't forget about Derek Ziegler. You know, he's the best center in the yes. league. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, we talked about stuff last season about, you know, O-line play and quarterback play. And it, those are the first two things we fixed, quarterback play and, and O-line play. Because it don't matter who you got at quarterback, you can't protect them. And, and, and we're doing a great job. I think we've given up one sack in three games. Um, you know, those are, those are numbers you're hearing from the Sharks in the past. And, we, you know, Grady's that quarterback. Grady was what he was because – he had protection and no one could get to him. So when you got a quarterback like that, like Jonathan Bain, you know, what we got here, you protect him. He's going to, he's going to make you pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. And Jonathan, I mean, he coaches taking the words out of my mouth. You got, you've been making teams pay for, you know, at least opportunities that your defense has been giving you. And for yourself, you have quite the arsenal that you get to have at your disposal. Kendrick Dings and DJ Myers being on the outsides. Summers, of course, being there. I mean, how do, how do you, uh, how do you take in at least trying to, Make sure you just look at not just one of your key targets, but, you know, find one of the three. I mean, any one of them are going to be bound to get open because they have a track record of being that way, being shifty, getting those getting those opportunities. But how do you make sure you're not just keeping your eyes on one guy and maybe zoning in too much? Uh, it makes it simple. You know, just as good of ball players they are, they are just as good of people off the field. So uh, <clears throat> we don't have no selfish play on this team. So it really makes it easy in a sense of just dropping back and taking what the defense gives you. You know, you don't ever drop back and have one key guy in mind. The, the blessing behind it is it don't matter where you go, you know, you have the, the chance for a big play to happen with all the three guys you named. And then, you know, you got Lance Evans coming in and helping us out tremendously. Trey Long coming in, you know, Adam Smith's done a good job for us. You got, you know, the list goes on. So uh, coach that falls back on them this offseason doing a great job building this roster, not with just wide receivers for the arena football league, but guys that can play both ways because those same guys you're naming are also guys that go both ways. You know how we do it here. That's our right. specialist is, is our center. So therefore all of our receivers are playing DB or Jack and then vice versa. All of our DBs are, you know, now coming over. So um, what we're seeing over here a lot is, you know, when our, when our core group of receivers is coming off the field, there's not really that big of a, a let up, you know, we're just kind of going and rolling right into it with other guys and, just, you know, you got to tip your hat to the coaches preparing us and then the guys putting in the work Monday through Friday, you know, that away Saturday, we're, we're ready to roll. Mm -hmm. I, now I have to ask, this is the first interview I've gotten at least head coach wise uh, and maybe, you know, really talked players about this already. Um, and I know for you, Jonathan, I mean, you're a specialist, so it's a little different, but like for you, Coach Rez, I mean, how, how's the adjustment been so far through the first three weeks? We saw week one, there were some difficulties with some of the uh, substitutions and changes, but it looks like things have stabilized. Is that what you feel is the case in terms of getting the patterns and uh, line shifts down? Or are you feeling like there's still things you need to work on there? Yeah, so now, I mean, we're in a tweak mode of it, trying to figure out the right combinations and, and trying to get, you know, the maximizes the guys' time and ability at the same time without losing anything. You know, I felt we did a good job with that first game. The only blunder we had is the kicking situation. I mean, you had three, three specials on the field. We had two, and then another defensive specialist ran out for some reason. 
So that caused a penalty because you don't have to have two. You could have one or no specialists on the field. But that kind of messed up some things, but you definitely can't have more than two. And when that happens, we had to make one of those players dead for the rest of the quarter. And what should have happened was it just picked right back up, especially it was the kicker. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, it, the, it was wrong. It was a wrong call. But, we, you know, I, we don't have time to argue about it. You keep the flow going and keep moving. But then, you know, that you find out afterwards that, it, it, you know, we were, we were right, that he, he should have been available to come <laughs> back in. But, you know, uh, just going forward to where we're at, man, we're, we put a lot of time into it. Um, as far as the changes and the, and the rotations and, you know, some guys are playing four, five, six series straight on other teams and, and we're just rolling guys in and out. And so, you know, guys are dead tired towards the end of the quarter because they're playing the whole time. So, you know, that's, that, that's why you don't see a lot of let up from us, you know, throughout. One thing I know is about your team this year, coach and Bain is that you don't kill yourself this year with penalties and turnovers like you did last year at this time. What's that mentality going into week one against Albany and then carrying that over to Orlando and Jacksonville? How is that? He's like, it's a complete night and day from this time last season in the Cobras organization. Yeah, a, a lot of that is, you know, I want to say, don't want to say we had selfish players, but when you're not, when you're not playing for everybody else and you're, you're just concentrating on your own agenda within, you, you know, your assignments and whatnot, or the flip side, you're worrying about what everyone else is doing to make sure to compensate for what other people are doing, it, it all becomes focused and then mental. And then when you start thinking about everything like that, you're going to start making those stupid penalties and stupid things that carry on after the whistle and, and, and one out. Now we've made some mistakes. We've had some penalties here and there, but nothing to the capacity of last year, where it's like, Oh my goodness, you know, we got another one. Um, so, but I think again, it's a culmination of just the leadership from the coaches to the players, to the veterans leaders that we have on the team and just everyone rallying around each other. I mean, we got a pretty good group. Um, I mean, everywhere we go in the community, you know, whenever we're out, if we're on the road and we're at restaurants and those type things, everyone's like, your guys, is, your guys are such a great group of guys. And, you know, that makes us feel good because it, it, it is a lot more than just football playing on the field. You got to have a good character, you know, on and off the field. And, you know, fans see that stuff. And so do people out in the community. You know, I'll mention one, one thing. You did put a lot of legwork in going to this on this road trip of uh, different tryouts during the off season. I was really impressed with seeing you go across different regions of the country, kind of getting those in in remote tryout type of sessions there. Uh, what'd you take away from that experience for yourself uh, that maybe you're going to take in through this year and maybe like future seasons looking for talent uh, and you know, how, what else do you have to report from that that you enjoyed? Yeah. So for me, the last um, shoot since 2011, I've been traveling around every off season doing workouts and, there ain't very many coaches that are doing that um, for whatever reason, whether they don't want to or they got people to handle that stuff for them. Um, like we went all the way to Lincoln, Nebraska this this offseason. Right, right. And why do I go to all these other places? Because no one in Lincoln, Nebraska is going to Greensboro, North Carolina for a tryout. <laughs> it's not it's not happening. We're not a CFL team. We're not a AFL team. So, you know, just to think of going to another one market to another small market you know, especially I think it's a 15 hour, you know, drive if you're driving it. So, um, and, and, and you don't ever know what you're going to find. So I, we got to find the best players possible. And, and, you know, we found one in Lincoln, Nebraska, Jeremiah Stovall. Um, and he's doing a lot of great things for us. Um, he, it's just a matter of time before he, he takes off and, and, and enters in his own, 
realm of, of, of making a name for himself, you know, so he's, it's, it's exciting to find guys like that, give guys the opportunity and then they excel. And, and, you know, it's just, you know, and I like, and I, I it's football all the time for me. So it's awesome to be able to, to continue that into the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, Jonathan, I want to switch a little focus to yourself. Last season, you came in really kind of the tail end for the sharks, you know, from outside of the league came back into the NAL here. Um, you know, end of the result didn't exactly get you guys where you wanted, you know, credit Cobras, of course, it's funny. You're on the team that sneaks in now, um, but for yourself, I mean, what's, uh, what's the drive, what keeps you driving, you know, post say a loss into that off season here. Now, you know, you go to the Cobras, you're now with coach Rez here. I mean, how's this, how's the mentality been for you kind of getting on and seeing this team getting built up the way it is right now? Uh, just, uh, taking in the, I guess, appreciative of the opportunity first, you know, uh, and the way it all went down last year, you know, I spent majority of the year there in Frisco and then came in that last game to try to help out in Jacksonville and we fell short. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the worst loser you'll ever find, man. I don't believe in that, you know, don't be a sort of, no, I'm, I'm the worst loser, but uh, yeah, it definitely stung, but just the opportunity to come back and, and get a chance to play. And uh, not only that, but for coach Rez and coach Fuller, uh, you know, the history I have with Fuller and then mm-hmm. Coach Fez just kind of being on the other side of things, but a mutual respect there, just seeing what he's put into the game and, and you know, that type of thing. So it was a, it was a no-brainer to come out here. And then, you know, I've just, I just always carry a chip on my shoulder, though, if we're looking at, you know, things to, you know, I always want to just, I want to be the best. Um, I try to work to be the best. I want my teammates to be the best, you know, whether that's on the field, off the field. Whatever it is, you know, that's what I try to bring. And so I'm always carrying that chip on my shoulder, you know, and um, and win. I want to be a winner. I don't care how it's done. Uh, you look out there this past week, it's not true arena football stats. You know, I threw for two touchdowns. We scored 50-something points. But uh, it's not your traditional way, but we're winning ball games. You know, the week before we have four rushing touchdowns. You know, that's huge in the aspect of just the game in itself and it just makes us that more di- that much more dynamic. You know, and, and, and I'm saying all that to say, you know, no matter how it is, man, I just want to win. And um, that's what the mentality here is as a team in Carolina. You know, you got a lot of older guys, uh, quite a few guys in this locker room have won championships. And we realize it ain't just the talent, man. You got to bring, you got to be the whole package and you got to show up every day. And uh, coach touched base on it earlier in the, in our session was, uh, you know, we're three and oh, and, and it looks good from the outside in, but the best part about the whole thing is that we're three and oh, and knowing as a core group, how much further we have to go to get where we really want to be. And uh, you can see it day in and day out, the guys putting in the work to get it done. And that's just for an older guy like me, that's been around, man, you just, you get excited about those types of things because, you know, I've seen really, really talented teams fail because of that extra stuff that I'm talking about. It ain't there. And then I've seen, you know, some less talented teams that buy in together and, you know, come together as one that, that really go and take care of business. So we, we still, you know, goal is one to know every week. It's a long ass season. Um, Number one, we got to stay healthy. You know, everybody's got to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing in any sport, much less football. You know, I wish that across the whole league. You know, everybody's got to stay healthy. Uh, it's a tough sport. You know what you're going up against. But, uh, you know, and it takes a lot of, a lot of different things to win the championship. So uh, we're just taking it week by week, day by day. We're getting excited for uh, Orlando this weekend. Right. It's a long, it's a longer season for you guys. You know, you being one of the two teams that are going to be playing all 14 weeks, no bye weeks going in. Um, you know, it, it's I still would like to talk to whoever made that decision. Right? <laughs> and then we have a Sunday and Friday coming up this week. So whoever's listening is in charge of that. Well, you know, I've, I've been, I've been putting some motivation out there and telling everyone we actually do have a bye week this year. We just got to get to it. Hey, right, that's, that's in right. between the playoff <laughs> game and the championship game. Right. So 
If you want to buy weight, we got to earn it. That's right. <laughs> That's what I'm talking yeah. about right there. See, I, I like that mentality. You know, you talk about the veteran leadership. So, I mean, Jonathan, maybe you, you and Zach Brown, you, you guys already know how to get, get to that mountaintop. Do you find yourself, yourselves, you know, that one and oh mentality you talk, do you find yourselves every week being like, Hey, you know, keep the younger guys in perspective in that case, you know, we have a net, we have that path we got to follow. You know, there is a, that this system works, just stay the course. Especially now you have you have Coach Fuller there too, who knows how to, of course, coach a winning offense in the right. NAL. So, I mean, is that what you're finding is the biggest challenge for you every week as well? Uh, not not so much a big challenge because these young. I'm telling you, it's it's really cool and it sounds cliche. We are winning games, but this is such a tight knit group, and these young guys we got are special. You know, I've been in this eight years now, and I've seen a a whole slew of rookies come in. You know, every each and every year, and. This group really is special. And, and I think when you have a good core, good veteran leadership, you know, the, the selfish individuals, the guys that are just here, you know, to and, and everybody's here to, to move on. Right. But but I always tell our guys, hey, be where your feet are. This is your NFL right now. You know, dive into what we got going on here. And that's the only chance you have of getting out. So what I'm saying by that is these young guys are you know, we are constantly reminding them, hey, three and oh, we feel good. You know, the young guys are out there having success. And it's like they may think like, hey, this is just, you know, roses and dandelions. But we, we make sure. You know, these other teams are going to get better. You know, that team we did this weekend is a pretty dang good football trying to find their way over the hump. So, you know, I, we just try to stay on them, though. But like I said, they do a good job by just by, by being where their feet are. You know, they're all bought into what we got going here uh, from the coaching staff on to, you know, if they got to ask players, some of us older guys that have been there, done that. Um, you know, so overall, it's just a great core. And, uh, you know, that's usually a recipe for something special. But like I said, we got to stay the course, can't lose focus and uh, take it week by week. Coach, speaking of this long schedule, you just made a comment about that. How are you going to manage your roster, especially during Ironman season, with 14 straight weeks with no bye week? If what you just said, trying to get to the bye week for championship game, how is it to manage that? Because I have asked coaches here in Jacksonville about that. They're like, we're still working on it because <laughs> all the other teams have two bye weeks. Jacksonville, and you guys have none. How are you managing that this season so far? Well, you know, for us, we got a pretty good system during the week. Yeah, you know, we, we watch film. We break up film and practice and stuff. You know, we're, we're definitely not practicing every day. You know, I, I hope no teams are practicing every day because that, it's, it's just a wear on the on the guys' bodies, man. It's just the arena game itself, whether we had two bye weeks, one bye week, three bye weeks, it doesn't matter. The injury bug is going to attack you at some point. Right. Um, but we got a really – we got a pretty good um, setup here at Carolina. You know, we do team workouts on Monday and Wednesdays with our strength coaches, um, which is pretty awesome. And then our, our medical team, you know, our guys have cryo treatment, chiropractor, acupuncture, massage. I mean, anything they got to do to take care of their bodies, they do a physical therapy. They want to get some extra work, you know, some um, just whatever we got to do to take care of their bodies. And, and the guys do a good job of, of taking care of themselves. We got, we offer the ice tub here, the training room at the, at the arena. So any, they got to take care of their bodies. There's a lot of stuff they got to do on their own outside of um, football or assigned or wherever that the mandatory stuff is, you got to be able to do that stuff on your own. If you really want to be at that level, you got to be at that level. And uh, it, it's, it's worked out for us so far. And um, so, far, I mean, you're always going to have your nicks here and there, you know, hammy or a, a, a turf toe thing or stuff like that. But the biggest thing is we got a great training staff and they take care of our guys and, and they're really open. So our guys, if there's something they got to talk about or they got an injury or something or whatever, they, they got to talk about it. We emphasize 
keep keep the training staff up to speed with everything. Let us know what's going on. So we got to schedule you for some extra stuff, whatever we got to do. You know, you just it's all about communication across the board. Do you find yourself uh, give certain players you designate during the game that maybe they check up on the rest of the roster, maybe keep tabs on who might be tired, who might need to be switched out at certain times? I mean, of course, you'll have your own system of line checks, but I mean, like, say specialists, like, say, Jonathan, do you like, for example, do, does he check up on, say, like a Zach Brown type or, or like a DJ Myers to see if maybe they need to be a little relieved of, ga- of gassing or do you just go with the coaches and what you go with your gut? Yeah, for the for the for the most part, I mean, I'll let John, I'll let Bain answer that a little bit more from a player standpoint of what he pays attention to. No, I mean, you can kind of tell with the bike, but I think it just falls back to what we preached on earlier about this team and how there the there's such unselfish play. You know, sure, I think sure. selfish. I think it's selfish of a guy. I mean, it shows a lot of heart and everything, but it's selfish of a guy that isn't able to perform. You know, if they're too tired to where they can't perform to even check themselves into the game, you know, and therefore be a liability. You know, but we have, a, like I said, it's just, you know, there's an example of it this past week. A guy got tired and I know he tapped out and, and came and got replaced. And that don't mean you're you're giving out or you're giving up on your team. It's actually a very unselfish play by getting a fresh guy in. And then, hey, when you're ready to sh- get back in there, then we can send you back in. So uh, it just it, it's funny how it all falls back to that, man. But it's just it's the core group of guys we got and really everybody in that locker room that, that knows we're all after one ultimate goal. And uh, it's on us to, to have each other's back and handle it in a professional manner. Mm-hmm. absolutely hey coach i have one question about special teams tc stevens last year was the man mm-hmm. how is navigating the this kicking game this year so far treating the specialists on on your side of, the, of course and the league-wide in your opinion it's it's frustrating you know i i know tc's a competitor you know he's most of the time your kickers are a different breed. They're a different mentality. They're thinking about everything way different than everybody else. You got a lot of head cases out there that are kickers. It's just, that's just the nature of a kicker, I guess. But TC is just a a normal guy, man. Uh, And and he loves the game. Um, He don't feel a part of the game right now just because of the opportunities of hitting the deuce. You know, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a booming leg. He's got a very live leg. And, but not being able to use that is very frustrating, but, He's probably got the highest percentage of PATs. He's probably got the highest percentage of field goal percentage right now. Um, so he's being utilized in, in, in certain situations. So our kicking game, we had to take the mentality of more of like the like your IFL kicking style, pin the ball down, bounce it around. Because in the, in the NAO, if it hits the ball, it hits the wall in play, it's dead. So mm-hmm. if you can try to pin it down and, and hit the wall and, and, and try to pin them down deep, you know, that's what we try to do. But you know, Albany and Orlando this past weekend, you know, they were kicking the brown balls, right? And there were some deuces. So so we're hoping that we go down there. We're hoping to be in that same situation. And if it is, if it ain't, you know, we we're, we're, we got a plan for it. So, um, but we, 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 we pay attention to the special teams. You know, we try to get guys in the right position. It's hard with the Ironman stuff because certain guys are going to be in position. I think there was two times when Jacksonville's kicking onside kick situations. We got freaking O-linemen on the front line. So it's... You know, but luckily, you know, we didn't have any issues, but we got to clean some of that stuff up because down the road, you don't ever know. You don't, you want to, you want the right guys in the right position. Mm-hmm. I, my final question I have for you, uh, and I'll, I'll let Jim ask one more if he does have, have before we go and wrap up this interview, uh, is really just about the Greensboro area. You know, it's, it's definitely, it's still a young, 
in terms of area for the NAL, you know, 28 teams seems like a forever ago, but that still is only three full seasons. If you take away the one that was canceled for 2020, um, how, how have you seen this uh, for your time here so far? Have you seen a change? How have they, have you seen the community uh, respond to you in terms of being in Carolina and trying to get folks out to these games? I mean, cause it looks like right now, and I'm not, not jinx anything, but I mean, you guys to us are the front runners right now in the league and, you know, it's so far so good and it's been high quality football once again. Yeah. And it's, um, it's tough. Uh, it's a great market. It's a great sports market. All right. So most of your cities are going to have your minor league baseball team. Some might have a hockey team and then you got, you know, the uh, football team here, we got three or four minor league baseball teams, the Greensboro swarm, which is the, the, the NBA D league or G league, whatever it's called from the, from the NBA, from the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. And we got a, a hockey team. Um, uh, we've got an outdoor pro soccer team starting here uh, next year. So there's a lot of stuff wow. going on here, not to mention all the colleges in this area. I mean, it's, you know, we're in the ACC country. You got, Wake Forest, Carolina, Duke, NC State, North Carolina A&T, Guilford. I mean, it's just on and on and on. There's yes. so much stuff going on here. It's it's hard to get the people to come out here for some reason, you know, and we're trying. We were out there. We're on multiple radio stations. We got a bunch of advertising out there. You know, we are revamping our social media and stuff like that, but we got a good core group of fans, just like our players. Oh, yeah. We got a good core group. We build from that. We got a great fan base. You know, we just got to grow it, and and we got a good team now. You know, after the 2019 season going into 20, we had a lot of momentum, and then you know we were gearing up for a lot of awesome stuff. I mean, I was starting a youth arena football league. I mean, we had all kinds of stuff going on, and then COVID just just decimated everything. So it's almost like going into 2021, we had to start over, and and then with eight games, it's tough from a a, a partnership standpoint of, of of bringing in some sponsorship dollars and selling tickets no one wants to see four home games like i mean that's 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 tough you know to be involved in that so it was like survival mode last year so we got through so it's almost like we've been rebuilding since the end of the 2019 season and we finally got uh some some key pieces in place on the business side um you know our owner rob storm is doing a heck of a job of trying to keep everything together and adding what we can to grow as the business um because we got a great product you know, we're, we're, we are solid. No one, no one can say that, man, I wish we had some certain players or, oh, I wish we had some better talent on the field. This is the first time in Cobra's organization history that everyone looks at us like, dang, they got a dang good football team. You're always going to have a couple of haters sprinkled in and there, but there's not very many people that don't know that we are a very good football team in the NAL mm-hmm. and across the board just as a whole. And, and that's, that's awesome you know, to know that we put in the work and we're being recognized for it. And I tell the guys all the time, that just puts a bigger target on us now, you know? So that's why we got to pay attention to all the little things and, and, and it it helps with the the players that we got. No one's selfish. No one really cares who gets the the rewards or the the accolades, you know, because if we're successful as a team, we're all going to eat. And that's, you know, that's, that's the way we look at it. You know, you, you, you brought another question on me just from your response. You talk about the youth, the youth arena program you were trying, you are getting started, restarted up and are, are currently trying to keep progressing there in Carolina, which I think is amazing in itself because, you know, arena, it's something, it's very much a, I'll admit it's a niche sport. You know, it's, it's not as 
widespread, but a lot of ways you can get a sport to get more exposure and more on the ground level kind of uh, spread out and acknowledge of it is getting the, getting kind of the younger crowd involved, getting those maybe more, more uh, engaged with it. Um, how have you, how have you looked, have you looked at this sport and challenges of uh, getting it out to folks and just kind of recognizing, Hey, you know, it's, it's still been around because there is a crowd out there that says 2008, the AFL went under, it doesn't exist anymore. It's been gone for decades, but that still is not true. And even Jim and I have had this conversation with tons of people that it's like, Hey, it's been around for a while. There's a lot of leagues out there, including the NAL, which right. plays the closest. So, I mean, how do you, how do you yourself, do you see youth programs like that being the way moving forward or like other avenues or just say, keep building it up and making a good product? I just think you just keep building it up. I mean, anything that you can do to get people involved, like the youth, the youth arena league is an opportunity. They're already playing football. It's just more, that's just more, if you're a youth coach, you should want your team to play the arena style with us in the spring only because you got your kids year round. So you're going to be playing in the fall and then it comes back around to the spring and you play the youth arena league. And then you're going right into the summer, right into your next football season. And so those guys are getting that much extra experience and just, and, and on the flip side of that, from the business standpoint, we're giving them the awareness of the arena game and they're playing it. So when they're watching it on Saturday nights, they see, they know that I, I'm, I, I was that guy this morning running the high motion. As right. a receiver. And then you get the parents involved. And then now all of a sudden you're adding more fan base to what you already got. And then it just slowly starts growing. It's all about the, the, the visual aspect of our awareness of our brand. And the biggest advertising piece that could be the greatest for us is word of mouth. You come to a game and then you take that away. And our RPA and MC guy, BDOT, his, he's a huge radio personality here in this area. He challenges them every game. Everyone leave here and bring someone new back. And you get in free if you can do that. You know, certain things like that to bring someone new. That's what it takes for us to grow it. Because there's you'd be surprised. There's people here in town that have no clue who we are. And that's, that's good and bad. Bad that they don't know who we are. But it's good because it's an opportunity for us to get it out to them and, and to get and to grow. There's over a million people population in the triad here in the area. Right, right. Uh, Greensboro, High Point. Uh, you, you, there's all these surrounding towns. It, Greensboro is much bigger than what people actually know. And it's it, it's it's hard. If we could just get 1% of the population, you know, we, we'll, we'll be doing all right. To wrap it up, I want to ask a question to Bain. Uh, Bain, Maine. Frisco, Jacksonville, now in Carolina. Uh, your journey in the arena game is quite interesting. Explain to me what's your what been what leads you to play more the NAL way than the other way. Uh, I started in this league uh, with the Richmond, not in this league particularly, but the arena game in Richmond back in the PIFL days. That's when I first ran into Coach Fuller, and uh, TC was actually my kicker back then. So. Shows how long we kind of date back. But uh, I, I just I, – I prefer this league. Uh, it's the original arena game. It's how it was made to be played. Um, you know, I'm more of your drop-back type quarterback anyways. Uh, over there in the IFL, nothing against the league. Um, you know, they're doing a good thing over there as well as far as putting out a good product. Um, you know, but uh, this is just your more arena traditional football. And uh, to me, that you know, that's what attracted me here. And my journey's been – Kind of like you said, you know, it even dates back to Richmond, Tampa, Bismarck, Maine, 
Jacksonville, Frisco. Uh, I followed Coach Fuller everywhere, actually. Uh, so I played for him everywhere he's everywhere I've played leading up into 19. That was my coach, you know, and uh, and with that uh, in this game alone um, and kind of to just end it, I guess, on the roster they built here. Um, you look at it to some of the players, you know, on our team and they're like, well, how did they get him? How did they get him? You know, and and uh, the thing about it, the longer you're in this game, uh, you want to be surrounded by people you can trust and uh, people that, you know, are, you know, are working their tails off for you uh, in the grand scheme of things, because uh, in the arena game, you get a bunch of different situations everywhere. And uh, to find somebody that you can, you know, the loyalty in this game and and, you know, being able to trust somebody is huge. And uh, with Coach Rez and Coach Fuller, you know, they've been around a long time and uh, there's no way they could keep constantly putting together great rosters if, you know, they weren't great men first, coaches and, and you know, leaders. Uh, so, you know, that, that always makes it easy on, on the decision-making process. So, but uh, yeah, it was just another opportunity to kind of bounce around. Ended up here in Carolina. It's funny, I've always played against them. Uh, I don't, I think I've played against Carolina probably seven, eight times in my career. Uh, and when the old coach Billy was here, you know, even dating back to 2014 with other teams, you know, so it's, it's always been cool. And you see a lot of familiar faces and, you know, I'm the one of the most competitive humans you'll ever meet. I don't care what we're doing, thumb war. If you wanted to have a staring contest right now, like I'm with it, but uh, you know, that that's why you want to be surrounded by winners. You know, you want to be surrounded by people with winning ways and, and they know how to, you know, create a winning culture, you know, cause it is almost like starting over for coach Rez this year. You know, uh, I don't know exactly how many returning players we have off last year's team. And I can't speak on the team from last year. Uh, you know, I wasn't involved, but um, we're excited. You know, anytime you can start 3-0 and in anything, uh, it's huge. And and the, like I said, the brightest part about all of that is just how much more ceiling we have. Well, really no ceiling, but how much more potential we have, which is a dangerous word. It's a very dangerous word. Potential is is scary because it ain't nothing. Potential is absolutely nothing. So you got to, we got to, we got to make it a, uh, make it all worth it and, and just keep working hard and, you know, let the chips lay where they, you know, fall where they may. So. Well, as you brought up another week, that's coming up here to try and go one and oh, once more folks, if you want to catch uh, coach Rez here and Jonathan Bain, they're going to be playing on an Amway center in Orlando, Florida. You can watch them on YouTube, by the way, especially for you Cobra fan. Cobras fans out there that can't come out to the game really better check it out. The link will be dropping for that soon enough. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this edition of Turf Talk. Appreciate it. Wish you the best of luck throughout the season. We'll definitely be keeping tabs on, of course, the Cobras and hopefully we can get you back on later on and uh, keep talking about the successes that have been coming. But for now, that's going to do it for our latest edition of Turf Talk. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out a new edition with new players or coaches on Every Thursday, we're going to be doing this. So don't be afraid to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube for Inside the Walls. Follow us at, at InWallsPod. Follow the Carolina Cobras on social, by the, by the way, as we're promoting their team on this show, at Car Cobras on Twitter and Carolina Cobras on Instagram and Facebook as well. For my co-host, Jim Renier, for Coach Josh Resignalo, for Jonathan Bain, I'm Zach Conlon saying so long. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time. <laughs>